focus. Focus. The tide is coming in. But we've just begun our picnic. We aren't done with our game. Collect your beach blankets and playthings while you can. For the tide waits. For no man. All right. Welcome to episode number 18 of Processing College Football. This is our mid-bowl review, late bowl preview. Again, this is Processing College Football, the college football podcast designed to educate and entertain. I am your host, Jason Randazza, and my co-host, sitting over there in, well, I guess it's not sunny, it's nighttime, uh, Princeton, New Jersey, Mark Catlin. Mark, how are you doing this holiday season? Oh, man, it is definitely not sunny right now. No, here either. It's very cold. Um, It is uncomfortably cold out there, truthfully. Uh, Yeah, you walk outside, it's a little hard to breathe. Yeah, and actually, uh, that kind of plays into a little bit of a recap for for the pinstripe bowl later um which i'll get into but yeah no it's it's terrible out there anyway uh i do want to acknowledge at the top top of the show i i am a little under the weather so i apologize for that although it gives me kind of a a deep gravelly uh soothing masculine voice that i don't normally have wow Um, so enjoy it or i apologize depending on on how you feel about that (laughs) i i didn't acknowledge my sick sickness when i was sick right before thanksgiving and people called me out they're like our fans fans were worried they were they're like are we gonna have to shut this thing down are you okay Uh, your your voice your voice is your business jason um, without my voice i wouldn't have my livelihood uh, i mean what will we do uh (laughs) but yeah man i mean it's it's cold it's dark but (laughs) the holidays were a lot of fun yeah but uh yeah we had a good Good Christmas with the fam. Looking forward to New Year's Eve and, of course, New Year's Day. Sure. Get into that. But, uh, yeah, it's been good so far. Been hanging out with family a good bit. and You know, the, with the four kiddos running around, they, they're having a blast. Yeah, but, no but doubt. It's been good, man. They just don't know that uh, school is waiting for them on the other side of that break. Actually, our <laughs> kindergartner was like, I miss my teacher. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, yeah, do you That's ever miss phenomenal. us? Phenomenal. <laughs> Not really. Not really. Well, <laughs> they were. Somebody asked her, like, what she was thankful for. She was like, "I'm thankful for my teacher because she gives me candy." I'm like, "What school oh, are you going nice. to?" Nice. All right. Do you learn anything at school? Doesn't learn matter. I, I would like school more if I got more candy. I think that's that's a that's a fair trade. Uh, sure. Anyway, so this is our mid bowl review, late bowl preview. As always, if you have questions you want us to answer, topics you want us to discuss, or terms you want us to define, send them in on Twitter at ProcessingCFB or email us ProcessingCollegeFootball at gmail.com. So, Mark, I have one thing, since it's bowl season, uh, for you to process with me. Why is there an orange and a citrus bowl? And their trophies look almost identical. I think there's some grapefruit at the bottom of the citrus bowl, but like they're not fooling anyone. They're mostly oranges. You know, I don't actually know the historical reason for it. Where are they played? The uh, Orlando and Miami, I think. Yeah, so it's a it's a feud between Orlando and Miami. No, you know, actually, that's a fair point because I think 
being a Florida born person myself, Florida doesn't have a whole lot to brag about and orange and citrus are about the only things. <laughs> oh my goodness. But it, it still does frustrate me. It's like having like a cotton bowl and a natural breathable fabric bowl, you know, <laughs> which I think is coming next year. It's going to be the, the well, I mean, like, first here's bowl. The th- here's the thing. I mean, at least they, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, first, it, you know, there's a couple of bowl games in Florida because it's warmer there. Yeah. So this time, maybe you want to be a place where they're warm. Hey, where are we? We're in Florida. Oh, orange. We want another bowl. It's uh, citrus. Let's go broader. In Texas, it's like there's there's a bowl game in every town in Texas. So it's like the, I don't know, it's just like the Frisco Bowl. Where right. is that? It's in Frisco. It's to the heart of Dallas Bowl. Where is that? Dallas. So they could have just said the Miami Bowl, the Orlando Bowl. But I kind of like the Florida and the citrus thing. Yeah, sure. I wonder who gets to eat those oranges. Hopefully the players. Definitely the players. They might have to declare that, though. They can't get get too many benefits. Yeah. (laughs) That that (laughs) is true. NCAA rules. And food is one of those things. It's like, oh, I don't know. So, yeah, be careful. Beware. They're orange bowlers and citrus bowlers. That's true. The, uh, the NCA is watching the post-game celebration. All right. We do have just a lot to discuss. And actually, there have been several bowl games that occurred that we didn't preview, but we will review just a little bit. Um, but since we have so much to discuss, and I don't know about you, but I really just want to get into those New Year's Six Bowls. Um, so we probably won't talk a whole lot about the rest of them. Does that seem no, like an okay I'm, deal? Okay, great. That sounds like a sweet deal. All right, let's talk uh, mid-bowl review, starting with the uh, Bahamas Bowl. This was UAB versus Ohio. Mm. You and I were both uh, thinking uh, UAB could pull this one off. They did not. It was 41-6 to was the final score. Um, it, it did look like UAB was kind of, I don't know, it was, it was almost like they were in a different league altogether. Ohio played really well. It seemed like when they were on offense, they almost couldn't be stopped. I don't know how to specifically look up how many (laughs) successful stops UAB had. Um, It was next to none. Um, So Ohio had the ball and they scored. Um, But it doesn't mean that it wasn't a great season for UAB. It really was. Uh, I'm super proud of them. I'm super eager to see what uh, year two will bring. Um, but uh, we can close the books on this one uh, with their most successful season, with their highest attendance record uh, for the program, and also uh, the highest of Conference USA all season long. So they they have a lot of uh, a lot to be proud about. A lot of them. I mean, a huge thing is you know the fan base and yeah support in order to rebuild the program, and so those. Things may sound like just oh that's cool that's actually essential yeah uh, for getting it back up on its feet and stable and running so yeah dude a great season from UAB and uh, they're only going to get better from here so go Blazers um, all right let's talk famous Idaho Potato Bowl this was Central Michigan versus Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming won this one 37 to 14. You know what? I'm going to do kind of a blanket review here uh, just before I read out all the scores. Basically, if you want a review of these games, go back and listen to everything I said last week and just think that the opposite occurred because I think I got every single one of these wrong. Um, 
So in the Birmingham Bowl, I said that uh, Texas Tech would come out ahead. USF wins 38-34. Army versus San Diego State in the Armed Forces Bowl. You said that Army was going to win this one, and you were right. It was 42-35. to Army what, a making, great, what a great end. Yeah, they made a, a last-second play to uh, have a two-point conversion, and then they scored again. Yeah, as well. With like 18 seconds left or something. It was crazy. But good for Army. I did pick San Diego State. I apologize for uh, disrespecting Army. Um, Then we had Appalachian State playing Toledo in the Dollar General Bowl in good old Mobile, Alabama. And I said that Toledo would win this one. And I think I said that they would beat the spread. And Toledo scored zero points. App State scored 34. Yeah, I had Toledo winning this big, and I was watching the game, a little bit of this game with my son, and Sam goes, uh, Dad, did you pick Toledo to win? Yeah, did he lose respect like, for you? I was like, well, look, App State's only scored a <laughs> couple touchdowns. Don't worry, Toledo's going to come back. Yeah. And then it was like, you know what, son? Sometimes you're just wrong. So, uh, yeah, I think he did lose a tremendous amount of respect for me. You know, there comes a a time in every child's life where they do lose respect for their parents. Um, It's just really sad that it had to come so soon and because of an App State versus Toledo game. But there you have it. He'll he'll, he'll be in counseling in about 30s. There was one moment. It was when the Mountaineers were playing the Rockets or whatever these people are. Yeah, Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Next up, we had the Hawaii Bowl. Houston, Houston playing against Fresno State. Once again, I picked Houston. Fresno State wins this one, 33-27. I'm realizing now that I actually got most of these right. I picked Fresno. Uh-huh. Yeah. I picked Army. I picked South Florida. I picked Wyoming. I mean... I, I did I did pick a lot of games like against the spread, but this one wasn't. I picked Houston. Houston was supposed to win by like a field goal. Um Whatever. Anyway, moving on. West Virginia versus Utah. <laughs> I picked West Virginia. I just, I, I still can't wrap my head around Utah being, uh, I don't know, decent in well, any way. And I guess it was that it was that first couple of weeks they played BYU and BYU was terrible. Right, and, and they won like, point. yeah. And so it's just it's hard it's hard to handle. Yeah, I think there's a couple. There's one game that's even harder to handle for me, but that's kind of. All right, Utah did win this game 30-14. to 14. Then we had the quick lane bowl with Duke versus Northern <laughs> Illinois. Jeez. Duke wins this one 36-14. Once again, I picked Northern Illinois. Um, yeah, I think I would ask. A no-brainer to me. And then in the Cactus Bowl, we had Kansas State playing UCLA. Kansas State wins 35-17. to Now, a couple important notes about this game. Uh, Josh Rosen did not play. Um, and also, I, I guess it's, it's a thing. Uh, usually, like, if teams get new coaches, the new coaches mostly don't coach in the bowl game, which I guess makes sense because you're basically playing with somebody else's playbook and you're kind of disadvantaged right away. Um, but, yeah, so w- we talked about those last week as those might be like factors uh, and maybe they were, but uh, I think Josh Rosen, he, he quoted, I guess some concussion that he had uh, about a month ago. And that's the reason he wasn't playing. I think he's just gearing up for the NFL draft and I don't blame him one bit. Um, yeah, he's going to be <laughs> the first or second pick. So good for him. Um, next we had the independence bowl. We didn't preview this one. So I'm counting this as a win in my book. Uh, 
Florida State versus Southern Miss. I would have picked Florida State to win this one. Um, so, as I said, uh, new coaches don't seem to coach much. <laughs> Willie Tiger didn't coach in this game. Um, but FSU walloped Southern Miss just the same. So the first game of the, the Taggart era was uh, a shellacking, 42-13. to 13. Um, it, it was probably reminiscent. They probably had PTSD flashbacks to the UAB game. But um, anyway, then we had the Pinstripe Bowl. So this was Boston College versus Iowa. So this game was played in New York City in Yankee sta- Stadium, and I seriously toyed with the idea of actually going to this, but a combination of like ticket prices and not being particularly interested in seeing either one of these teams play. And the fact it was like 12 degrees outside. Yeah, it led me to stay home. Yeah, so apparently it was so cold out that the, the cleats uh, provided so little grip that the players were actually better off wearing their sneakers. Uh, and even with the sneakers, they were sliding around all over the place. And I guess this is what happens when you try to convert like a, a baseball field into a football field where I guess the pile on the the grass is a little bit lower or higher or something's going on and the cleats just can't dig in. Um, so uh, yeah, disaster averted. I stayed home. It was very warm here. Um, anyway, <laughs> Iowa won this one 27 to 20. Um, then we had the Foster Farms Bowl, Arizona versus Purdue. Uh, Purdue wins us 38 to 35. Purdue's having a heck of a season. Um, or they had a heck of a season. Good, good for them. Um, then there was the Texas Bowl in Houston, Texas, played between Texas and Missouri. Um, so one of these things is not like the other, and that's Missouri, and they lost. It was 33-16. to 16. I didn't watch this game, and when I heard that the official, this is true, the official player of the game was actually Texas's punter. I felt validated. So I just can't imagine any game that says, oh, yeah, the punter was the most important player in the game uh, was actually fun to watch. But maybe it was. I don't know. Um, Then we had the Military Bowl, Virginia versus Navy. Navy wins this 49 to 7. Then we had. I'm telling you, man, look, if you have the Armed Forces Bowl or the Military Bowl and you're playing against Army and Navy, just lesson learned. We're all about educating, uh, mostly me. Uh, then we had uh, the Camping World Bowl. Camping World, of course, a sponsor of this show in addition to this bowl uh, in Orlando, Florida. This was Oklahoma State versus Virginia Tech. Oklahoma State wins this one 30-21. Uh, to 21. Then the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio, Stanford versus TCU. TCU edges out Stanford 39-37. to 37. Holiday Bowl with Michigan State and Washington State. Michigan State won, 42-17. Belk Bowl with Wake Forest and Texas A&M had Wake coming out ahead 52, or 55-52, I'm sorry. Uh, this can't, that's embarrassing for Texas A&M and the SEC. Yeah, I, it, it is embarrassing, but you know who else lost to Wake Forest this year? FSU, right? That's still embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. All right. Then we have the Sun Bowl. Uh, this was NC State versus Arizona State. NC State wins this one, 52-31. to 31. Was, was Herm coaching at this point? Probably not. Well, maybe he was. Who knows? Uh, then we had the Music City Bowl, Kentucky versus Northwestern. This one's actually not quite over yet. Um, I think that Northwestern was up maybe 17-14 uh, as of the taping of this show. Um, and then before we... Uh, 
I'm sorry, okay, current score is 24-14, and then uh, New Mexico State and Utah State are playing in the Arizona Bowl, um, and they're tied at 13 right now with about 10 minutes less left in the third. So let's talk about some upcoming games. How about some preview, Mark? Let's do it. It's going to be a whole day of team sports and beer. Get the old heart rate up. Maybe pound a cheeseburger in the sun. Throw some butter on it. You're going to love it. All right, so let's talk some previews here, starting with the Cotton Bowl. Now, the Cotton Bowl is one of the New Year's Six Bowls, right? Yeah, so the New Year's Six Bowls are Cotton, Fiesta, Orange, Peach, Rose, and Sugar. Not the Citrus. Not, Not the, the Citrus. Outback. Even though so, and this is where this is where the citrus gets really angry with the orange. Yeah, is the orange is one of the New Year's six, and citrus is just, despite being played on New Year's Day, not one of the New Year's six. It's New because Year's they six. have grapefruits in the bottom of that basket on the trophy. Nobody likes. And there, and therein lies the problem. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So this is actually occurring at eight thirty tonight. So in about half an hour, probably by the time we publish this, it'll be about halfway over. So. Um, that's exciting. This is Ohio State versus USC. Now, in ESPN's <coughs> estimation, uh, when they were announcing who was going to be in the playoffs, these two teams would have been the official runners-up. So, um, I don't know. Something about this matchup makes me feel like it's it's going to be a little bit of a blowout with USC losing. My feeling all year has kind of be that, been that USC is unpredictable because of Sam Darnold, um, and you can't really count on him not to do something stupid with the ball at least a couple times a game. Um, Ohio State, I guess, could also be considered unpredictable, uh, as any otherwise talented team is if they drop a game to Iowa by 31 points, but um, I still think Ohio State is... Uh, is a better team, and maybe by a wide margin. I think J.D. Barrett is a better quarterback. Um, and to my knowledge, uh, I don't think anyone is actually sitting out these games, any of the, the notable players. Sam Darnold is expected to play. J.T. Barrett expected to play. So I, I think Ohio State wins this one uh, in excess of the spread, which is eight points in favor of Ohio State. I say Ohio State by 14, 42 to 28. Yeah, I'll take Ohio State as well. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. This is a big game for Sam Darnold. Uh, we mentioned that Josh Rosen is going to be picked high in the draft, uh, and Sam Darnold might also be one or two in the draft mm-hmm. uh, because he's got he's got the talent. You know, he's not quite as accurate and comfortable in the pocket, but he's got a big upside. So, having said that, the point is that. This is a big game for Sam Darnold. If he has a big game, it could really affect his draft stock. Um, and so he's either going to come out with a lot of pressure and kind of fold and throw a couple of picks, lose a couple of fumbles, or he'll come out and blow it up and you know move on up the draft board, maybe get picked for Rosen. I think he's going to throw a couple of picks. Yeah. Uh, and I think Ohio, Ohio State's – more recently been here and kind of done that. And, um, you know, I think they will want to be proving that the team Barrett's last game. Um, there's just a, there's a lot in Ohio state's favor. I think they're going to come out ready to play. I don't, like I said earlier in the season, I would not want to play urban Meyer uh-huh. first round of the playoffs or in a bowl game. Cause he's a good coach. He's going to come up with a good game plan. Um, and so I think, 
Ohio State's going to win. I think USC will put up a fight. Um, so I got it more uh, along the lines of 38-30 okay. Ohio State. All right. So it's a push then. Ohio State does not cover or beat the spread, I suppose. Um, then let's talk, just because it's next chronologically, the Tax Slayer Bowl, apparently not a New Year's Six Bowl. This is a noon game on the 30th. Played in Jacksonville, Florida. Between Louisville and Mississippi State, Louisville is expected to win by six and a half. I, I, I think they do. Um, Louisville, I don't think, has the greatest defense. Um, but they still have Lamar Jackson. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Mississippi State, a little bit better on the defense side of the ball, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just see Louisville winning this one, let's say 31-14. I think this should be an exciting game. Um, you know, you have Lamar Jackson going up against Mississippi State. Two re- I mean, one of the best players in college football, Lamar Jackson, against uh, a good quarterback in Nick Fitzgerald and an all-around maybe better team in Mississippi State. I suspect Lamar Jackson will have some insane plays, an amazing highlight reel. I think Mississippi State is going to come out on top, though. Um, I've put I've put my eggs in the Lamar uh, Jackson basket a little too often this season. I've gotten burned by it. He just doesn't have a good team around him. So he's going to do incredible things. He'll put up great numbers. But I don't know that Louisville is going to be able to stop Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State will get a couple more stops. Uh, so I'll go something like 42-38 Mississippi State wins. Okay. All right. So that brings us to the Liberty Bowl. Liberty Bowl, also December 30th, uh, noon 30 game in Memphis, Tennessee. Iowa State's playing Memphis. Memphis, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I think Memphis wins this one. I would love to see Iowa State win it just because they were kind of that spunky little upstart all season long. Um, But Memphis has a home field advantage. Um, I think that Memphis has been pretty consistently good all season. Iowa State had flourishes of of greatness, of course. But Memphis, I think they lost – how many games did they drop? I think they lost like twice to uh, Central Florida, which is to be – expected um and of course but also played central florida very well yeah both times so i mean i i i think Memphis is gonna win and win pretty handily yeah okay do you have a, a score for it uh we'll go 38 20 okay uh that sounds pretty right to me i don't know i i think that memphis has a, a little bit of a, a knack for scoring really high so they might put up a few more points i'm going to say uh 42 21 uh let's talk fiesta bowl this is the playstation fiesta bowl this is washington versus penn state it's it's a little disappointing to me that these teams kind of petered out um washington because they were my pac 12 playoff team and penn state because well, Saquon Barkley was so exciting for a while, um, but I feel like I haven't heard from him in like two months. Uh, Penn State's favored to win here, but not by much, by two points. Um, I think Washington's good, but something in my gut is telling me that uh, yeah, something is just telling me that uh, I think Penn State's uh, more ready for this game than Washington is. I, I think. 
I think that they're going to win by a field goal, uh, 27-24 Penn State. Yeah, I think Saquon has a great game. Um, guns for 150-plus, has over 200 uh, all-purpose yards, and Penn State wins comfortably uh, 35-24. All right, nice. Let's talk to Orange Bowl. Miami versus Wisconsin. I am very tempted to take Miami here. They're playing at home. Uh, I think that they actually probably feel like they're playing for more at this point. Wisconsin, I think, going undefeated, kind of expecting it all season that they were going to do very well the whole year um, and kind of meeting those expectations. Miami, though, nobody really saw their run coming, and you know, they they basically have this whole, like, the U is back hype um, that I think they're desperate to salvage and prove wasn't a fluke. Um, I, I mean, I, I just I, I just think that, uh, that it means more to them. Um, I don't know. Uh, Wisconsin, it's, this is probably a dis- disappointing place to end up when you, you thought you were going to get a playoff berth. Um, so I'm going to actually pick Miami even though I think that they're going up against uh, a very stout defense with Wisconsin um, with uh, yeah so let's let's say I'm gonna have them win 28 24 yeah I, I think Miami Miami's different playing in home type atmosphere uh, I mean what they did in Notre Dame for example was just insane. yeah um, and Miami's got a good defense, too, causing turnovers. You know, they didn't have a great end to the season. Uh, There were a couple of, you know, misses on turnovers that they could have easily had, fumbles against Clemson that they just didn't pick up. Um, They would have gotten beat by Clemson anyway. But I think they're different at home. I think they've, you know, had time to recover from that. And watching Ohio State and Wisconsin play, you just saw when Ohio State and Wisconsin – when their players were one on one, the speed of Ohio State, mm-hmm. Wisconsin just didn't have. Sure, Miami's got some of that speed, especially on the edge and the wide receivers. I just don't see, and Ohio State just missed plays. I mean, that that score could have been much bigger. Sure, and I think one of the reasons Ohio State didn't end up in the playoff is it's like you're just not executing that well. Like you got open plays, open guys, you're missing them. Um, and so I think Miami's going to make those plays, and I think they. They beat Wisconsin in a similar way that Ohio State did, but I think it'll be a little more because they make the plays that Ohio State didn't make. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I like Miami kind of big in this one. I mean, the Big Ten's looked pretty good so far, but um, I'm going to go Miami something like uh, 38-17. Okay. All right, let's talk Outback Bowl, uh, which takes place in Tampa, Florida, the outback of the United States, I suppose. Um we have Michigan versus South Carolina here. Michigan is an eight-point favorite. I mean, they have to win, right? I, I, not to disrespect South Carolina. They've had a pretty good year. I don't know. What, were they nine and three? Um, and one would hope that Michigan would win. I'm going to go South Carolina just because the SEC needs a win. Sure. Looks like Kentucky's going to lose. Texas A&M got embarrassed. And Missouri's lost. The SEC needs a W. So I'm going to go... The Gamecocks, the Fighting Must Champs, pull it out. 
Yeah. Uh, something like 17, 14. All right. I mean, that sounds reasonable to me, but I think Michigan wins. I think they just don't cover this spread. Um, I'm happy to take 17-14 the other way. Um, let's talk Peach Bowl. Peach Bowl, January 1st, noon 30 p.m., Atlanta, Georgia. Auburn versus UCF. Auburn expected to win by about 9.5 points. What's your feeling here? So I feel like this, I don't know. UCF hasn't played anyone in Auburn's caliber all season. Um, I do think Auburn's a good team. I, I think this is one of those games that you look at and you're like, oh, Auburn's expected to win. So it's kind of a no-win situation for them because if they lose it, they shouldn't have lost it. But if they win it, then they don't really get any kudos for that. Um, UCF is kind of playing for all the marbles, uh, but I still think Auburn wins. And I think they beat that spread. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I don't think UCF has a chance in this game. Auburn. <laughs> I just don't know that UCF has seen anything even close to Auburn's defensive line. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just, yeah, or carry on Johnson. Sure. If he's totally healthy, running at them. I, UCF might hang around for a little while, but. Auburn's going to win this pretty big, maybe something like even 41-17. Yeah, I was thinking 42-10. All right, let's move on. Let's talk the Citrus Bowl, 1 p.m. on January 1st. I'm not sure how somebody's reasonably expected to watch all of these games. But this is in Orlando, Florida, Notre Dame versus LSU. LSU is expected to win this by three. Does this seem like an odd matchup? Like, I, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm stuck a little bit in October and thinking LSU is terrible. And maybe in October, Notre Dame was still doing really well. Uh, but I, I don't know. I feel like Notre Dame wins this one. Am, am I wrong to think that? Uh, you're not wrong to think that that might happen, but you are wrong that okay. they're going to win. Because okay. um, the it, SEC it is... needs another W. The SEC needs another W. But, I mean, LSU, it is very – you're right in the sense that it is very hard to get out of LSU lost to Troy at yeah. home. Yeah. It's just really hard to overcome. But um, after they lost to Troy, they did beat somebody, um, Auburn. Yeah, Auburn. They beat Auburn. Yeah, they did. Uh, they R- came back rallying. from a 20-point yeah. deficit. Um, and so – and that team went on to beat Alabama somehow. Yeah. Insane. But uh, – LSU, after the Troy game, obviously was playing different football. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Notre Dame's good. I think this will be a very interesting and fun game to watch. But I think I'm going to go LSU. I'm going to okay. go LSU uh, on a push, 27-24. I have Notre Dame, 28-24. Um, who, whose fans do you think travel better, Notre Dame's or LSU's? Oh, uh, wow. That's a good question. I want to go LSU just because they're insane. Yeah. But I feel like Notre Dame, they just, like, come out of nowhere. Like, people who well, don't everywhere. have... Yeah, they don't have any, like, college football, like, interest at all seem to be Notre Dame fans. This is very true. If you're Irish or you have a Catholic background, you probably grew up a Notre Dame fan or somebody in your family did. And so that's it's all over the country. They're a huge name from back in the day. And so Notre Dame fans are all over the place. Um, so 
one thing is Notre Dame fans don't have to travel. They're just everywhere already. But I think with it being in Orlando, I think the old uh, fans from Baton Rouge will <coughs> make the trip over. Sure. And it should be a pretty raucous stadium. It'll be fun. All right. And if you think about the way that things started for Notre Dame, very promising. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they were in the top four in the playoff. Yeah. Uh, poll for a while, and then LSU was like, oh, you might be the worst team in football. Then they just kind of, you know, slowly but surely crossed paths. Notre Dame had a bad end of the season. LSU was a little more exciting end of the season. So it's also like, are you excited to go watch your team play? It was a little bit of a disappointment for Notre Dame. LSU was like, holy crap, we lost to Troy. <laughs> We're still in a decent bowl game. So it's also like, who's excited and who's not? Um, fan base and player-wise. So I think, it'll, I think it'll be a fun game to watch, though. All right. So are you ready to talk the college football playoff games? You better believe it. All right. Uh, which one do you want to do first? Uh, we got to save the best for last. Yeah, so let's, let's do the Rose Bowl. All yeah. right. So college football semifinal, January 1st at 5 p.m. in Pasadena, California. This is Oklahoma versus Georgia. Georgia has the line, but only barely by a point and a half. You know, I have this idea kicking around in my head. Maybe it's like um, a superstition or something, or uh, just uh, maybe not like based in the most solid fact. But basically, when you have a star quarterback, um, you're going to win a national title and uh, I'm just worried that that might be the case here with Baker Mayfield, who is far and away probably the the best player in college football right now. Um, I, I know that probably Georgia's defense is unlike anything Oklahoma has played up to this point, um, and that being in uh, the Big 12, you're not used to playing defense at all. But I don't know. Uh I think Baker Mayfield's extremely talented through the air. Uh, he can run the ball. I, I just think that in the end, he's going to make the, the plays he needs to to come out ahead. Um, you know, maybe maybe even trailing uh, towards the end of the game. But I, I think Oklahoma wins this one. And, and I think it'll kind of be high scoring for this. I'm going to have him win this game for Oklahoma 42-38. to 38. Yeah, I think it's very interesting that Georgia is favored in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, the way that Baker's playing at the end of the season, I don't – there's obviously won the Heisman Trophy and ran away with it, and deservedly so. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting. Obviously, the matchup to watch is uh, Baker against that defense and uh, his – Wide receiver, Hollywood, um, is just really fast. If you get that guy the ball in space, he's gone. So against, you know, Georgia's defense, uh, which is very good. Um, and so I, I think it will be interesting, and, and especially strong, actually, for Georgia is their pass defense. Um, and so they're averaging, you know, over 100 yards rushing a game, which is interesting, but their passing is only 158 that they're allowing a game. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be really interesting to see uh, that matchup, Baker throwing the ball versus uh, Georgia defending the pass. And um, they'll come in ready to prove something, but 
the other thing to watch is talking about Oklahoma's defense uh-huh. against the running game of Georgia. And can they shut down Nick Chubb, Michelle, Swift? Um, and if they can, if they can slow those guys down, OU runs away with this game. Yeah, if they but- can't. If they can't, right. then they're going to get destroyed. I think. I, like it's, and then if it's obviously if it's somewhere in between, it'll be a close game. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be. Um, I don't know. I don't think that they're going to be able to slow down Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle and Swift. I don't think so either. Oklahoma hasn't really played defense all season. They haven't really needed to. And so it's going to happen if Georgia's smart. If Georgia's smart, what they say is we just don't want Baker to have the football. Uh-huh. And so we're gonna we want to keep our defense fresh. We're not gonna go fast. We're just gonna hand the ball off. We have a freshman quarterback. We're gonna hand the ball off. Now, on the other hand, if OU comes out and this is where it gets tricky, I think if OU comes out and scores a couple of quick times because they watch some film, they're like, okay, we see there's a weakness in Georgia somewhere, right? Like Auburn was able to exploit. Yeah. And they and they go up quickly. Then what happens is Georgia may panic a little bit, rely on the pass instead of just being like, guys, let's commit to the run. That's what we have, and try to wear them down in the fourth quarter. If they panic and try to go to the pass and rely on a freshman quarterback in a big stage like this, and it ends up being your freshman court, true freshman quarterback Jake Fromm against Baker Mayfield to shoot out. Yeah. You're not gonna. Georgia's not gonna win that. Yeah. Um, and so I think. Um, I, I'm gonna take Georgia in a close one. You are. I am. I'm going to take Georgia. They're going to win, yep, 34 and a half (laughs) to 33. No. Um, God, am I going to take Georgia? I had to, I actually wrote that down that I'm going to take Georgia. I'm not taking Georgia. No, I think it's a mistake. Like, right right as I say it, I'm like, I just, you can't. Baker Mayfield's going to win this game. Yeah. Um, And so. I'm just almost going to go back on everything I just said. I don't think that they're well, except for this, they're not going to stop Nick Chubb, yeah. Sonny Michelle, Swift. I think they're going to do it, and it's going to end up being kind of a weird shootout of a, <laughs> a guy who's throwing the ball over the field and Baker, and then a team is running all over the place. And then what's going to happen is Fromm's going to be forced to try to throw to win, and he's going to throw a pick or a pick six or whatever, uh-huh. and the game's going to kind of. They're going to lose it at the end. So I'm going to have a high-scoring game, and I've changed my mind, convinced myself mid-podcast here to go with the Sooners, and they're going to win 42-35. Yeah, okay. No, that's similar to how I see it going. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I My preference would be for Georgia to win because if Alabama wins their game, I, I think I would prefer for them to play Georgia. Um, yes, I no just, doubt. I mean, because I think we could slow down Chubb. Yeah, but right. and I, I do. I would not. I don't want to play Baker Mayfield at all. No. <laughs> I don't no. at all. But the other, the other real interesting thing about this, just a quick side note, is Kirby Smart, two years as a head coach at Georgia. Here he is, Lincoln Riley, his first year as a head coach, youngest FBS coach, and so this is some kind of maybe older programs, but fresh blood and new blood in this thing. And so that's actually really cool to see. Congrats to those guys. Uh, it's hard to take over from a legend like Bob Stoops after he was there for 18 years, Lincoln Riley taking over seamlessly. Um, and then Kirby Smart taking over from Mark Richt and 
uh, just infusing some extra passion and life in that program to where they're SEC champs and right. now they're playing and well. It's, it's, a, it's an incredible job by both those guys. It just has to be said. Uh, so kudos to those guys. Right. Well, SEC champs uh, in the college football playoff and at the top of the recruiting, I think, still. Oh, yeah. So. Well, and Kirby Smart can recruit. and I think you've actually seen that affect Alabama here. Yeah. This year is we don't have as great a recruiter as Kirby was one of those guys who could just recruit. We're all the way down to five, you know. Yeah, that's embarrassing. embarrassing. All right. Uh, let's talk Sugar Bowl. January 1st, way, way late at 8.45 p.m., New Orleans, Louisiana. Clemson versus Alabama. Alabama currently has the line by about two and a half or three, depending on where you look. Um, although I'll be honest, some the it was confirmed that Dylan Moses will not be playing. Um, so I haven't checked to see if that affected the line at all. Uh, uh, I mean, the last I saw, hard. even after Dylan got hurt, it's a three. It is three. Mm-hmm. I just checked. Um, okay. I, convince me Alabama's going to win this one because uh, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm picking Clemson to win 34-31 uh, wow. because I've been wrong on all of my picks so far. So, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> Great. Alright, so, tell me. I mean, I, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can convince you that Alabama's going to win. I, I cannot believe that Alabama is favored by three points. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I'm like, guys, just make Alabama an underdog. Because Clemson's number one. They're coming in with that ranking. Alabama has lost to Auburn. And you're going to give Clemson some sort of motivation of being the underdog somehow? Like, how yeah. is this? Like, why did you do this? I, I just, the, the, and the way that Jalen has looked in the past few games, he hasn't looked great. Our defense has been vulnerable, and it's like, uh, why? Just put even just Clemson as a one-point favorite. Just do it. Um, so that's surprising to me, just like Georgia being favored against Oklahoma is surprising to me. Uh, I think both Oklahoma SEC bias. Probably. Um, but, so I mean, let's look at the problems first. Um, I'll just kind of work through some stuff. The biggest story – for Alabama has been the injuries this year on defense. And so the first game we lost several guys, uh, Anthony Jennings, Christian Miller, Terrell Lewis. Um, we have some of those guys back, but then we also lost. Mac Wilson was out for a while. Oh, Sean Dion Hamilton uh, broke his kneecap, I think it was, against LSU. He's out for this. That's a middle linebacker. Then Dylan Moses was filling in for him. He broke his foot in practice last week. He's out at middle linebacker. So I think Mac Wilson, who was injured early in the year, has been nursing a foot injury, actually had surgery on his foot after the LSU game, will be filling in at the middle linebacker spot, although I think he's normally an outside linebacker. Oh. Hootie Jones at safety, uh, he got hurt in the Auburn game. He's out for this game. So that the middle of that defense – um, Sean Deion Hamilton, Dylan Moses, Hootie Jones, it, is, they all have backups playing. Uh, and that's not good for a lot of reasons. One, the middle of your defense kind of anchors everything. Two, Sean Deion Hamilton, that position, 
was, you know, kind of the quarterback of the defense. He set up the line and the linebackers. Then you had Dylan Moses. He had some experience doing that as a freshman, a true freshman, but he came in, did a decent job against Mercer and and against Auburn, who started those games. Um, And then he's gone now. So now you got to put somebody in there who's not used to doing the calling. For the first time, they're going to be kind of calling the defense there in the playoff game against a team like Clemson. That's a concern. Yeah. Um, and then Hootie Jones back there. We'll have Deontay Thompson, I think it is, that'll be back there filling in for him. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. But putting those fresh guys, right? So Hootie got hurt in the Auburn game. Deontay Thompson has no meaningful experience this year at safety, really. Um, new signal caller in the middle of the defense. And that's, that's concerning uh, going into the Clemson game. The good side of the injury thing is we are getting Terrell Lewis and Christian Miller back. Uh, maybe, I don't know if it's Anthony Jennings, but those two guys, the reason that's so significant is one of the biggest differences. I think there's two big differences between last year's defense and this year's defense. Uh, and one of those differences is the pass rush. I mean, we got sacks from our outside linebackers like crazy with Ryan Anderson and Tim Williams last yeah. year. This year, it's been almost completely absent, and it's because there's been so many injuries to outside linebacker. Those two guys are now coming back, Christian Miller-Trillo, for the first time since the Florida State game. And so one of the big questions is, are those guys going to be able to get pressure when Kelly Bryant drops back to pass? And if they get to him, are they going to tackle him? Yeah. Are they going to, or at least contain him to where he doesn't break out and run for, you know, a, a, a huge amount of yards? And they were able to do it, do that, do that with DeAndre Francois against Florida State. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, I think let me ask that, you. that's kind of the the big question. Yeah. My personal thought is, I think we've got a game plan for that, and I think we will have a better pass rush. Okay, so let me ask you this, because I yeah. feel like this happened in the Auburn game with Jared Stidham, where basically. Um, they would go in to, for the pass rush, and then that would open up the middle for Jared Stidham, and he would run the ball. Um, well, the the difference though between what we were doing there is, if you notice in that game, so we blitz a lot. Mike, well, I'll say this: if we blitz on third down like we did against Auburn, I'm going to lose my mind at the television. It's okay. because that's what burned us on third down. Is Jeremy Pruitt just would not stop blitzing on third down? If you rewatch the game, when we didn't blitz on third down, we stopped them. When we did blitz, we didn't. Mm. It's like, dude, just learn what's happening. Like you're blitzing from it's. It's also not not disguised at all. It's obvious where you're coming from, and they're just throwing it right to that hole. And if you do get to him, he's just going where the big hole is. Now, part of the thing is both in coverage and and uh, in containment in the middle of the field. A lot of times we were bringing like a corner or a safety down to blitz. The reason, and so that that makes everything far more vulnerable in the back end. And if you don't get to the quarterback or you don't keep contained, then he gets out, and there's nobody at the back end of the defense to actually contain that. So he's got a ton of room to run. Or if you don't get to him, whoever that guy's supposed to be covering most likely is open, yeah. um, because you got to rotate your defense and it gets complicated. But the reason bringing back outside linebackers who are going to blitz is our defense is designed for those guys to be the main guys who get sacks. Uh And so you're not, you're not making your defense more vulnerable because you don't have to bring somebody else into blitz. And so if those guys can get a pass rush, then our defense is far more solid, not only because somebody's getting to the quarterback or putting pressure on the quarterback, but also all the other guys are in the places where they ought to be. Um, And so I, 
I do think that'll change the game. I think your defense will be a lot more solid. Um, so that's that's one huge issue is when those guys come back in, especially Terrell Lewis and Christian Miller, are they going to get the pass rush that we've been looking for, like Tim Williams and Ryan Anderson were able to do last year? Now, Tim Williams and Ryan Anderson, that combination was kind of insane. I'm not saying they're going to be exactly like them, but I do think we'll get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback than we have. Um, so that's on the defensive side of the ball. And also I think you know you have little in- nagging injuries like Mika has struggled with a hamstring. I think he'll be fully healthy and flying around. So I, I think our defense will be stronger. I think Clemson's okay. going to score points like they always do, but they'll be stronger. Um, and they're also having the – their memory, their rather short-term memory, what happened to a, an elite defense last year. Uh, and I just don't think they're going to let that happen again uh, and collapsing in the fourth, qu- fourth quarter. Offensively, I think it's about really the question is, are we going to hand the ball off? Like sure. <laughs> That's basically the Run question. Run the ball. And even if Clemson goes up quickly, are we going to panic and try to throw? And if we do, it's not going to go well. If we don't, we say – we have three running backs that can start anywhere in the country. Uh-huh. Like Josh Jacobs could start somewhere. Bo Scarborough could start. Damon Harris. They could all start at different teams. And we also have a pretty good running quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Can we just establish the run and stick with that? And if we don't and we, and we lose but we're still trying to run, I'm okay with that until we have to pass. I'm not saying never pass. I'm just saying focus on running the football. Uh, and so the big question is, uh, Clemson's got a great front seven. Uh, they got a good defensive line. They got good linebackers. And the, together as a unit, they play really well together. And if Alabama can establish the run, uh, I think Alabama wins this. And they stick to the run. And they don't do hurry up, no huddle. And they slow the game down to where we're not playing 99 plays on defense. Then I think Alabama wins the game. Okay. What's your score? Um, I'm going to go Alabama wins 31-27. Yeah. I mean, these <laughs> we're about to have a third data point here, but it does seem like these two teams play each other very closely. Um, I, this is a really exciting bowl season, actually, especially this late half. Uh, for a lot of reasons, but actually, if you if you take the the spread from everything, all of the games we previewed today, or I should say, all of the games from the the Independence Bowl, the Florida State game, and combine all of the spreads and and find the average, the average is is four and a half points. So most of these teams are pretty evenly matched. I mean, I'm looking at it, it's you know three points, three points, three points, one point, two points you know, one and a half points. Uh, these are a lot of close games. And I was complaining to you about our last week games that basically I, could, I, I couldn't pick any right. Um, and uh, you know what? I'm fine with that continuing today as long as uh, my sugar bowl pick is wrong. Um, exactly. So but here's the, here's what's been interesting. And this is just to give you a little comfort there, Jason. Picking bowl games is very different from picking regular season clearly. games. Because you're one, you're pay, playing an opponent that you're not used to. Uh, two, like emotions have a lot to do with it. See, most of these guys' seasons don't matter anymore. Yeah. So one of the things that was really interesting, um, uh, listening to Mac, uh, what is his last name? Old coach at Texas and UNC. Mac. He Brown. was talking. Mac Brown. He was talking about. It, he said it's really a lot of this is on the coach. 
how do you find a way to motivate your team for a bowl game like this? And so finding that storyline, finding that button to be able to push to motivate your team is a huge part of it. Um, and does the team want to be there? Are the guys hyped up? You know, UAB, you go to the friggin' Bahamas. Did they party yeah. the night before? You know, oh, like, boy. and, and to, how well do you travel? How, UAB, this is the first time they've done this in, in a while, and you're going to the Bahamas. How do you manage the time? How do you set up the schedule? How do you set up practices to where they're, once again, reaching their peak just for the singular game? Um, and so all that stuff is really hard to manage and understand how coaches are doing it, how teams are doing it, and if they've done it well. And so although, to say this, you have all these close lines, a lot of these games have been blowouts, right? I mean, you just go back to the App State-Toledo game. App State won 34-0. Toledo was, was favored by seven. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, just how it goes in bowl games is not always – really easy to predict and the ucla game josh rosen sits out you know and yeah. who's going to sit out who's not who's going to be injured etc um really plays into how these things go so i wouldn't feel too bad about not picking the bowl games extremely well because it's it's just a different different thing than the regular season clearly i mean i was so good at the regular season and uh yeah fall from grace is what it is mark but but thank you for for buffering that for me hey, I appreciate you got it. it i'm here for you <laughs> all right so uh anything else you want to discuss otherwise i think that's our show no man uh roll tide looking forward to catching you on the flip side there after the crimson tide obviously wins obviously. Crimson. yeah yeah all right so we'll talk next week um until then, you guys out there, thanks for listening, and you're going to have to process some college football by yourself until we return. All right. Bye. Bye.